once knew these two guys. Each, in their own way, had had it all. And blew it. Left with broken brains and battered bravery, having to find parts of themselves they had seen in film and cinema. But who were they anymore? If they were going to do this, it needed to be the most thorough search for identity ever undertaken. Welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast with your hosts, Ben Groves and Rob McFarland. This episode contains spoilers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. My name is Ben Groves. And my name is Rob McFarland. And uh, how are we doing this week, Ben? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. It's been a long week. It's been a fucking long old week, you know, trying to juggle work. Yeah. It's just work. Yeah, work. work. How about yourself? All good? Yeah. Yeah, we'll just Uh, leave it there. We'll leave it there. Uh, (laughs) I'm uh, dropping my microphone. Sounds like the tornado's going well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, drop, dropping my... <laughs> Gotham just had a fucking landslide. <laughs> no, I've got, uh, I've got a very particularly, um, very particularly precarious microphone set up today. So, uh, sure. That's, yeah. When I think of spending hundreds of pounds on microphones, I do often think of balancing them on top of a house of cards. Look, man, I'm a sound engineer, okay? <laughs> my, my, my levels of respect are very different from yours. It's been a busy film week, uh... Um, I watched Blumhouse's uh, Fantasy Island. That was um... why? <laughs> because <laughs> I. <laughs> so, do you know what I read the other day? I read that that's kind of based on the TV show. I was like, what? Do you know what? Because I wasn't expecting it to be a horror. I mean, obviously it's Blumhouse, whatever. But like, I'd seen the trailer and I was like, okay, this seems like it's going to be a mystery film. What? And I started watching it and I was like, this is this is okay. And then about halfway through, I was like. Oh no! This is just this is really terrible. Yeah, and uh, but in a way, I started really enjoying how terrible it was. Stop it! Fuck it! I tried watching the new Resident Evil. Oh yeah, yeah. How did that go for you? Uh, fell asleep. Okay, nice. I'm not sure how to how to take that though. I'm a big uh, fan of the games. Right? Yeah. Well, as we all well the first three. Yeah. So yeah. So this is based on the first, first two. four. Oh yeah. Okay. Fair. Nice. It was, it was okay for a little while. I don't know if I told you about this, but me and my nephew tried to watch this in the cinema. Right. But we, we accidentally booked the 4DX. Oh, God. At Cineworld. Dude, it was like a fucking roller coaster. We had no <laughs> clue what was happening. Yeah. We got put in a chair, and on, yep. the, on the, the arm of the chair, it says it had two switches. One said water spray on and water spray off. And I was like, oh my what God. the fuck is this <laughs> in a cinema? I'm like, are we in like some sort of splash zone for a zombie movie? What the shit? During but a time then, of COVID, yeah, yeah. Dude, this is what I was it's thinking. I was aerosolized. like, some prick is going to be like spritzing me from a, from like the side of the road. I'm literally going to punch someone in the face. I didn't know what the fuck was happening. Dude, when it panned, oh. and bear in mind, this movie is like, it's pan heavy. Yeah. When it pans and sweeps, right? Your chair fucking moves in the direction it was motion sickness 101 it was like hey have you ever had motion sickness no (laughs) (laughs) sit down sit down the fucking there is like a wall of fans either side of this thing and they all kick in at once and this is where the water spray came from and i was like how is the water spray controlled from the arm of my chair when it's coming from an enormous fuck off fan over there and like what about if the middle person has said yes what are we doing today Ben? what are we doing we're back on the kevin smith train man yes 
for the viewers universe. Amazing, amazing. So we've already done uh, the Incredible Clerks. We've done the Mediocre Morats. See, I um, knew you were going to say this. Yeah. And we're now moving on to, for me, what is possibly Kevin Smith's best film. And, and I only say possibly because... Whoa. Tusk? <laughs> you know, I'm not a fan. But I, I, I just, for me, for me, I think uh, Chasing Amy is, is where everything <laughs> fell together. I don't, I mean, I'm assuming you're also a fan. Uh, this, this movie is uh, so close to my heart, it's unreal. This is, this is why I couldn't give Clerks a 10. This movie is your aorta. This is, yeah, this is the, this is the third <laughs> chamber of Ben's heart. <laughs> this is my ventricle. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I couldn't give Clerks a 10, though, because mm. I knew Chase and Amy was coming. Gotcha. So this, this is, I'm, I'm going I'm to, we're not, we're not, we're not, not going to skip ahead to the scores just yet. No, but, uh, but But I've got, you know, I've got some ideas. You've got your suspicions. I sir. do, I do. But I mean, I mean, I, I feel like we have to say, if you've not seen this film before this podcast, we put the spoilers included tag. Yes. Not everyone's going to do this because some people make don't care. I'm that because I will forget. But everyone's <laughs> spoilers ahead. Good. Uh, I, I, I just want to say that if you've not seen this film, I, I really do recommend that you pause us here. Uh, we're not going anywhere. This is only once a week and it's barely that. We, we're doing our best. Uh, go watch the film. Uh, and then come back and, and listen to this because the film is incredible and the film is incredible in lots of ways that we are going to potentially step on with this podcast because we can't really talk about this film fairly without talking about a few key plot things that, at least for the first time viewer, are going to come as a surprise. So go away, leave us, watch the film, come back, we'll still be here. 100% make sure that you watch this before the podcast because or don't free will's a thing free, well, it kind of is it might be it's it might not, not be it not. might be a simulation we don't know it doesn't matter <laughs> uh, <laughs> but what i'm saying is is the the impact that this film has even today in 2022 is as impressive as it was back in the day yes Yes. And for you to not experience that because of two knobheads from the UK chatting bollocks on a podcast isn't fair. No. So it's not for you to go and watch the movie. It's more so that we don't feel guilty on ruining the movie for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, not yeah. ruining the movie, but I feel like I'm taking something away from yeah, that yeah. initial experience because it meant so much to me. And I'm guessing it meant so much to you. 100%. So we don't want that for you. So go watch it. Come back to us. I, th- I think I think the other thing to, to mention is this film, when it came out, was, um, for me at least, incredibly progressive. For 1997, this is an incredibly progressive film. But between 1997... Since 1979. <laughs> between 1997 and now, <laughs> st- stuff's gone on. There's been a whole movement. There's There's been things that, you know, there's... Mm. there's that whole groups of people have come into mainstream acceptance and 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 there's a conversation now about but i i struggle to find terms to refer to the social sweeping social changes that have happened in the last 5 years without sounding like an alt right nutter before we get into this so we just have you watched it yet if not this is your final warning pause it here go and watch it and rejoin us we'll give you a moment enough welcome back 
Welcome back. Glad you enjoyed the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the tissues down. <laughs> <laughs> We're not saying what end you needed them for. We're just they saying put them happy, down. They might be happy. They might be sad. <laughs> I don't know. What a way to welcome someone back to a room. You know what I mean? That's how I'm going to do it from here on now. Whenever anyone like comes back into a room, I'll be like, put the tissues down. Yeah, yeah. Waste paper bins over there. Yeah, yeah. Happy or sad tissues, what are we saying? Crispy or soggy. Um, so... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> my crispy tears. <laughs> There's so much salt in them. See? <laughs> right, moving away from salty liquids. Yes. This film and the last five years of social progress that have been made, I think there's an interesting dynamic there, but I don't know. What do you refer to the, the last couple of years of social change as without sounding like Trump? I don't know. I don't. Okay, we'll call it Steve. Steve, right? Okay, we can call it Steve. In the last few years, Steve comes about and he's like, look, microaggressions uh, and. Uh, acceptability and not viewing things from the heteronormative straight white male perspective, all of which I'm firmly in favor of. Sure. This film predates that by a good while. And there are moments in it where that's apparent that I don't think are actually to the film's detriment, which we'll get into. Yeah. So Shall we just quick briefly do the IMDb synopsis. We can do the IMDb. Okay. So the IMDb synopsis is Holden and Banky are comic book artists. Everything going good for them until they meet Alyssa, also a comic book artist. Indeed. Holden falls for her, but his hopes are crushed when he finds out she's a lesbian. Indeed. I don't think that this is entirely correct, but that's fine. Well, I don't think it is, but I think for somebody who hasn't seen the film, that's a good synopsis to give. I think if you're this far into the podcast and haven't seen the film... Oh, no, I meant meant for IMDb. Oh, okay. Um, But I think think that was one of my first... That was one of my first issues with it, is that watching the film and Alyssa being presented as a lesbian... Okay. And then Ben Affleck does his whole thing of, like, I love you and this, that and the other, and I'm like, dude, you're not... She's not going to change her sexuality to be with you. Like, it's not how it works. That's the challenge, though, isn't it? This is where it comes in. This is where it's, like, it's... it's, uh, The whole story is Mm. um, a a heterosexual cis white male Mm. falls... For what? A lesbian. What he and we as the audience are told is a lesbian. Yeah. And then the, the story goes of his almost like immaturity, like emotional oh, immaturity to be sort of like, I can yeah. be the one. It, it kind of represents the, the misguided idea that being anything other than heterosexual can mm. be cured or yeah, can yeah. be like. Or isn't the norm or isn't. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The conversation they have on the swings. Yeah. But, yeah. But then you have Alyssa who is like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I don't care about your fucking your weird little societal standards. I don't yeah. care about what you perceive to be normal. This mm-hmm. is what I am. This is me. Yes. Take it or leave it. Yes. And it's a very fucking refreshing take for 1997. Oh, it's insanely, insanely refreshing to 1997. And it's, it's written so fucking well. Incredibly. Incredibly. So fucking well. Just man. going back to that point, I think the, the problem that I had was because we as the audience and, and, and Holden, you know, it's been presented that she is lesbian. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, there's no fucking way. So when they do eventually end up together, I'm like, ooh, ooh, this is, this is problematic. But where it then saves itself is the fact that, of course, she isn't. We then later find out again in a second reveal that she's bisexual, and then that's what Holden has the problem but with. But the bisexuality thing isn't, isn't presented in a way. I think the language back then, like mm. bisexuality and pansexual and this, this kind of like mm. the middle, you had like two options. Yeah. You know what I mean? You were, you were heterosexual mm-hmm. or you were homosexual. I don't think it's... it's to it a degree, until... I mean, you had Bowie in the, in the 70s saying... Uh, sure, man. Sure. But I, these are like rare exceptions. I mean, look at... Look and also how, today, like... you know, Bowie in New Jersey, probably, probably not that popular a 
uh, a, a sort of cultural moment in New Jersey. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I still don't think there's many people in Jersey today that would know about Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is my point. This is my point. Uh, he's, okay. he's very much more a UK sort of thing, you know? Yeah, he was big in America, but I think for different reasons. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But and, and in a know, different part of his career. Them. Of course I do, yeah. of course I do. That's, yeah. like a, that's like a fucking, that's like a one-off. David Bowie mm. isn't fucking human, you know I mean? Mm. David Bowie was gifted to us for a little mm. while. He was on loan. It's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, so back uh, back in 1997, mm. excuse the voice break, I am 33 years old. You're a grown man with big boy trousers. <laughs> I'm a big boy. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> in 1997, I don't think that the term like bisexual or pansexual or any of these things were like widely accepted or widely used or widely understood for that matter. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, pansexual was an invention of Steve. I mean, pansexual... Pansexuals obviously existed, so. but they weren't they weren't defined uh, for me at least, and I think for most people I know until Steve came along and and defined them. I'd agree with that. I think that's a that's a very sort of like I don't know what it is. I don't think it's because Steve was here. Like for me personally, I'm pansexual. Steve's always been a part. Like Steve's always been there. He's always been nameless and a yeah. little bit confusing. And I guess the kind of the being able to explore and like yeah. understand it and and talk about it a lot more openly now is is like well that's what I'm referring to with Steve uh, you know Steve is the is the, I get is the you. Steve Steve's the openness Steve's the Steve's a buddy. the, the a cultural guy. conversation that's moved forward okay. whereas previously we'd have just been like uh well you know you might talk about it when you're drunk you know yeah but it's yeah, not yeah, a sort yeah. of thing it's not a certain, we would all have been the uh, the Jason Lee character in this oh Banky Banky yeah, yeah she said fuck. She said, fuck. <laughs> yeah, you said yeah. fuck her. Yeah. What, with like a strap on? <laughs> Fucking now, love that guy, man. I do too, despite his many, many problems. I think he is fantastic. And I think of, of all the films, just to come away from the sort of core of the film for a moment, just talk about some of the things around it. Mm-hmm. I think the reason this trumps more rats for me in, in almost every way is because although more rats is kind of more flagrant and more tryhard with its comic book culture. Mm-hmm. vibe i think this is the one where smith nails it yeah of course uh, more you know. rats is a different breed it's a yeah. it's a different it's not even a different league it's a different game yeah you know what I mean? more rats is like the haha i put a hand in my ass and now i'm gonna feed them yeah, a pretzel. exactly yeah you know what i mean whereas this one's like i'm gonna turn society upside down and talk about <laughs> everything that no one's talking about and it's like whoa yeah. whoa whoa what <laughs> yeah 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 you go and from I... fucking <laughs> chocolate covered pretzel <laughs> to uh, to this it's insane I get what you're saying though, and I also understand. I also understand what you're saying in the Mallrats episode, where mm. you're like, "This is taking a dip for me because I know what's yeah, coming." Yeah, and I and I and I feel I feel like when when it comes to comic book culture and sort of the the acceptance of it, I feel like the the comic book culture in Mallrats is quite tokenistic, whereas this is quite naturalistic. And yes. I think that the the main difference. I've got a larger point about this, but 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 the main difference is when Kevin Smith is making a film about something personal that's directly experienced by him um, yeah, yeah, yeah. like clerks you know clerks yes. one of his best films because it's about something that he has personal experience of yeah. and chasing amy again i mean although not directly one-to-one that this is by autobiographical it's inspired by his problems he had as a relatively suburban catholic straight white dude meeting somebody who was more sexually experienced than yeah him. he wrote this movie as therapy yes Yes, he, he did this to confront his own struggles that he was having with his girlfriend at the time. Yeah, um, Joey Adams, who plays Alyssa in she this does. movie, and I, I think me, I it's it's fucking the way that he punishes Holden in mm. this movie. 
where he it's problematic in some senses where it's like you know uh, he believes that he's the guy to 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 turn a lesbian straight and he but gets what he wants and everything works out great. That's the whole great. point. You know, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. But his then he's punished in the end, Yeah, his where punishment he's just, is... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he gets his punishment of being like too immature to understand what's happening in the here and now and yeah. focuses too much on what was rather than what is. Yeah. Oh, completely hung up. Completely it's, hung up. Yeah, it's the, it's the fucking... I don't know. It's hard to get into it without getting into it. You know what I mean? I'm trying to yeah, hold yeah, back yeah. a little bit because I'm very conscious that like... No, no, no. I think Affleck in this film is fucking transcendental. And I think there's a famous um, Kevin Smith quote about uh, if he remakes Jaws, Affleck will play the shark. Mm-hmm. And in this one, I believe it. Like the uh, his ability to portray that sort of wounded male ego, which we've all at some point in our lives, whether we were young teenagers or last week, experienced that sort of confused and pained upset based on nothing more than pride which i think in the mid part of this film affleck portrays perfectly um i mean fuck i'm i'm in my 30s and there's there's moments where i still mm. dance that line you know what I yeah, mean? yeah yeah and you suddenly realize hang about this isn't this isn't anything other than the fact that i've had my ego upset yeah of course yeah yeah but yeah, yeah, that happens <laughs> more than I'm proud to admit. I think I think <laughs> you know, there's I, that pride kicking in again. But right? I think I think it happens. I think it happens to a lot of men. And I think that as much as I would never in a million years trade the issues of being my gender for being the issues of, of being the other gender, you know, I'm I'm mm. aware that I'm very lucky to be a man. Uh, I think one of the things that sort of the inverse of you know that whole thing of like oh if a guy fucks loads of girls he's a stud. And he's congratulated, and if a girl fucks loads of guys, and then she's you know denigrated, and she's a whore, and all this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think the backside of that is is that if a guy doesn't fuck loads of girls, he's made to feel socially like a loser and like he's not valid. I couldn't agree more. It starts at a very young age as well, like a worrying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Age. If you're not getting laid, if you can't pull people, and if you're not you know a sexual conqueror, then what's the fucking point in you? Yeah. Dude. Um, and I it's, think that's a, that's the sort of flip side. And again, like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade places for fucking all the tea in China. Mm. But it, you have to admit that there are problems, and that's one of them. That 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 whole sort of patriarchal thing creates for men. Nowhere fucking near what it makes for women. I don't think anyone wins. You know what I mean? Oh god, I don't think no anyone one wins in any any of that situation. But we all know who loses most. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and it ain't the blokes. That's what I'm saying. Um, no, I I get you. There's there's no winners. No. But there's very clear like fucking head starts and 100 percent. i think the 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 representation of every character's viewpoint in this film is so fantastic because nobody is nobody is wrong in an evil sense there's no malice good guys and bad guys there's no malice there's people with differing aims and differing Mm -hmm. wants and needs but they're all genuine they're all incredibly genuine and the person with the most self-awareness is Alyssa. rob this is why i love you man my <laughs> notes are almost verbatim what you've just recited to me do you know how nice it is to have your own opinions validated to you without you saying a word it literally i've got like a little bubble of love <laughs> right in like the pit of my dick you know what i mean yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you got you got that slightly wet tip yep yeah let me get my happy tissue. <laughs> like even someone like Hooper X, you know, who is, he gives a fantastic sort of mini monologue when they're shopping in the record shop about how, you know, he's a gay black man. And in the only way he can have his career 
in the comic book industry, something even as niche as that, mm. is by by sort of cosplaying as this black rights activist, furious, you know, Hooper X. Yeah, yeah. And it reminded me, there was a tweet uh, months ago, some black guy, and he was like, uh, why are black people in films always fighting racism? When are we going to get around to fighting dragons and shit? And it's, <laughs> 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 and it's that whole thing of like, it's important. And it's, you know, it, for Hooper, obviously that, that stuff is important, but that's not all of who he is. You know, there's yeah. more of who he is, but society isn't ready for that conversation yet. And for the fact that these characters exist in a film from 1997 is just insane. It's fucking mind-blowing. When you really get into the grit, like mm. into the nitty-gritty, and you're like, yeah, yeah. oh, man, this is why we told you to pause it and go watch the film first, because the impact is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I watched this film when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and I was in... I was in secondary school, and I was I was very much around the pressures of sort of like I was I was still a virgin throughout like the whole of school. It would it didn't yeah, yeah. really interest me. Left no one claimed but, they were, but everyone was. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. then, um, so I started having like mixed feelings towards different people: some yep. boys, some girls. And it was very sort of like growing up in a very small town. Everyone knows everyone's business. Oh hell yeah. You know what I mean? It was I mean, your, yours time. was smaller than mine because mine was still a city, and even yeah. I was like, I can't. I can't. Are, it wasn't. It wasn't risk free to to, to experiment. Yeah, because it so, would get back to school, and then exactly. fucking assembly would find out, and then you're like, oh Christ, then I am gay, dude. I couldn't go to a school outside of my little village. There's like no. seven or eight little villages that make up my town. We're mm-hmm. all linked together by a shopping center. That's literally it. That I couldn't go to a school outside of my village because it, theoretically it's too far away. Yeah. Like it's yeah. a bunch of, do you know what I mean? Like the travel thing is, and that was the schools that have like set this out. This isn't yeah. like my mom just being so like, no, I can't be fucked driving. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> this no, is no. Telford. You're yeah. not going to be a fucking teacher. Calm down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like to go into this place, everyone knows everyone. I couldn't just fucking stand there and be sort of like, hey, no. can I see it? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, funnily enough, funnily enough, I had a, I had an inverse thing where, my best mate for many years stood up mm-hmm. in the middle of assembly and just announced to the whole school uh, that he was gay. What a fucking what, hero. What a hero. Very brave. Uh, which then led to months of everyone going, oh, it's just really sweet, you and Matt. And me being like, what? I'm like, well, you guys are partners, right? And I'm like, no, we're just mates. And it went on for so long that I was like, fuck, maybe I am gay. And then I gave it a go. <laughs> I gave it a go and it was like, okay, that's not for me. But I like, I yeah. was at least, uh, you know, it was a, it, it, it was a, it was a very confusing. Like, I, I feel like anybody who goes through their teenage years without at least questioning it is, mm. is, is critically, uh, lacks critical self-awareness. I ended up watching this at my fucking, at my crush's house, right? Oof. It was uh, me and this guy ended up watching this film. We were both in fucking tears because of how like rough it was. And that's, uh, that's the first. That was my first sort of like kiss with a guy. Yeah, yeah. ever. Mano and mano. it was mano a mano, and it was a moment where I was like, "Oh yeah, there's definitely something there, isn't there?" Yeah, yeah. Mm. I should probably look into this at some point. <laughs> and then twenty five years later, <laughs> then, <laughs> the fast track to now, like, because it was it was kind of confusing the whole way. Like when yeah. that initially happened, I was like, "Well, that's it." Okay, yeah. I'm uh, I'm just into dudes now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Because I was still you, finding women attractive, and I was like, "Oh, there's something there." Yeah, and it took me fucking like decades to figure out that it's just personality. I couldn't give a fuck whether it's an innie or an outie. You I, know think, what I mean? think um, <laughs> I think if I, I was fortunate enough to be raised in a in a place and with people where 
my definitions of masculinity masculinity and, and being a man were were broad enough to sort of include you know I when I was growing up I would like borrow mum's dresses and, and jewelry and like I'd be like six or seven or whatever and be like I'm a lady and at no point did that sort of um threaten my my perception of myself as a man and growing up in a small town that whole sexual uh query of like literally query of like am i gay am i not mm. uh didn't didn't sort of impinge on my gender identity i i hear what you're saying i hear, i'm i think growing up in a very very small town it was difficult to experiment yeah sexually oh, without definitely. without uh everyone knew everyone everyone yeah. had everyone's business in their mouths you know what i mean yeah (laughs) so to to sort of openly experiment stuff like this it would especially being in high school i mean high school's fucking rough the best of times you know what i mean it's literally if if you if you if you pick the wrong person to experiment with you'd go in school the next day and the whole assembly would know that's a hundred percent it and i mean you you look at stuff like back when i was back when i was confused maybe Mm. maybe not confused confused is the wrong word curious yeah curious when I was curious as to, okay, so I, I have feelings for, for this person of the, you know, the same sex as me. Yep. And I also have feelings for other people of the opposite sex to me. Yep. And What's going I also on? What is have... this? What am I? Exactly. Uh, so that was all going on. But I think back then, the language that we had, it wasn't... It wasn't it... so discreet. It wasn't labels-based. It was exactly. spectrum-based. It, was... it was like, it's a spectrum and you'll be somewhere on this sliding scale. And I think... Exactly. The thing with Steve is that Steve has come along and suggested that we all put label ourselves into individual buckets. Steve has come along and said that everyone should care about a, should care about the label. Yeah, which and identify with the label. Exactly, but I'm from my very very limited experience. That's never been, that's never been a thing. You know what I mean? How do you mean? I have never given a human being preferential treatment based on a gender identity if it's a if it's if you are male if you are female if you are transitioning if you Mm -hmm. are transgender if you are anything it doesn't it doesn't it's like number 10 or 11 on the attributes list when i'm writing if someone asked me to describe somebody and and what i value about them it's going to be barely on the list if it's on there at all their gender identity i'm not going to value somebody because of their gender identity I'm going to value them because of their personality. And, and I'm certainly, yeah, I think, I think it's an interesting thing because it's so difficult to talk about, you know, even the fact that we're referring to the, the huge change in social attitudes over the last few years as Steve. Yeah. It's so difficult as, as a straight white, I mean, I'm middle class. I grew up working class, but I'm middle class now. Yeah. And, well, not straight, but straight enough um, yeah, yeah. Uh, guy to talk about these issues without stepping on landmines. And then if you step on a landmine, you have to make sure that it's, it's clear that it wasn't out of malice. It was out of ignorance. Um, I feel like the landmines are like, I, I, it's, it's my fault, but I, I sometimes fail to see the landmines and I, I understand that's a flaw. I think everyone does. I sometimes fail to see the landmines, but it's because that if, if I love you, Mm. then I love you for you, not for you know the body that you're in yeah or the you know what i mean it's it's mm. like if if we have a similar me and you have a similar taste in movies me and you yes. have a similar taste in music me and you have a similar taste in w- what's a fun way to spend your time yeah 100 uh, percent. and i the fucking love everything about that if you were if you were to turn around tomorrow and say uh, i am gonna transition into a woman i'd be like that's that's cool 
I mean, you'd be more Does than this that because you'd be like, finally, I can get in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, but I think the landmines thing is I think I think I think if we as people are going to uh, have these conversations that need to be had, we have to accept the fact that landmines are going to be stepped on and trust the people who um, are part of the communities that we're discussing to to trust us that it comes from a place of ignorance, not malice and, and, and learn from. Um, because I think something that this film is particularly good at is highlighting the, the huge chasm of the 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 diff, the, dis, uh, the distance and the difference between what Holden thinks he understands and what he does understand, 100%. and I think I think that's something that we're still going through today. Um, is that difference between what you think you understand and what you do understand? Um, but no, I'm with you. I've never I've never had someone's gender identity as the thing that defines them, and I think. When I when I go onto someone's socials and I see their pronouns and sexual preferences, the first thing I see of them, I'm like, really? Because surely there's something more interesting than that. What's what's your who's your favorite Harry Potter? Who's your favorite Harry Potter character? What's your favorite Tarantino movie? Yeah. Uh, do before you go, what's your like bedtime ritual? Do you read? Do you watch movies? Do you fall asleep watching mm. dumb shit on YouTube? I want to know that, like that's the interesting shit that I want to know. But then, but then, is that a pri- is that is, is this you know what you and I just said there? Is that a privileged thing because we're allowed to have you know that sort of thing? Like we're from a position where our gender identity is so much the social norm that it's never commented on and it's never of note, and therefore we don't have to specify it out of the gate. We just assume that everyone's okay with it because everyone always is. Whereas if you're from uh, a non-binary or, 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 or a transsexual gender identity, you, you know, it's not by choice that they're there, but they're there because of the way society sort of makes them necessary to be there. I don't know. Get in touch with us. Let us know. We, we, we're willing to learn. I'd l- I, would love, I would love to learn. I would love to, I would love to have... I would love to be enlightened. Do you know what we should do? We should do an episode on um, either Hedwig and the Angry Inch, because it's my favourite film. That's a heartbreaking we'll, movie. We could do some research and find some other sort of um, some other sort of movies that deal with, with these issues and then maybe invite a guest on who's a bit more qualified to talk about them than we are. I would actually love that. I would, I would really, really enjoy that. I think it would give us a nice, fresh perspective onto issues that are, that are obviously like very, very important today and clearly were being tackled back in 1997 when we when Chase and Amy beginning was... beginning to be, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But Kevin yeah. Smith was fucking years ahead of his time for, for shining a light on on the issues back then and to, for us to still have this discussion now, but... And have this film still be relevant to the to the discussion is incredible. Insanely good. I mean, except for now, there's 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 a lot more of a discussion to be had and every, there is a, like mm. a lot more information, a lot more education out there that I think would benefit i know that i would benefit from it 100 yeah, percent. Uh, i mean we've spoken about this a couple of times and yeah you know what i mean let's get it done let's do it that's great i think a large part of that i think a large part of this film is precisely that is that you know the only person who cares about Alyssa's past really is holden i don't well, think the only person that cares about it. the only person that has an issue with it well exactly that's okay. the thing yeah yeah yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah, okay, okay, the okay. only but the only person that, that that has any sort of trouble dealing with it, uh, Banky has got his own reasons for having his issues, and it's not actually because he has any issues with Alyssa whatsoever. He has uh, no issues with Alyssa. I think he is just genuinely uh, inexperienced jealous. and immature, and has no fucking clue no. what happens on on you know like from yeah. Alyssa's side of the coin. So he's None just he's like a child. He has this like childlike oh my God. wonder. There's a, there's a fantastic scene, and I think it, it's it pays. It, it pays to credit 
you know, this is Kevin Smith, some of Kevin Smith's best writing, but some of his best direction, right? So when mm-hmm. Banky and Alyssa are talking about the sexual injuries um, in oh the bar, my God. right? Amazing. And the camera slowly, slowly tightens and tightens and tightens so that it no longer includes Holden. Yep. And the conversation goes on and Holden's there, but he's not in the shot because he's not in the conversation because he's literally cut out of the conversation by the frame and by them talking. It's such a clever bit of direction that that Smith indicates how cut out of the conversation Holden's feeling by literally cutting him out of the frame. And I'm just watching it going, I'm going to struggle to find a Kevin Smith film I enjoy more than this one. Tusk. (laughs) (laughs) You tell me a better man gets forcibly turned into a walrus movie than tusk and i'll 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 all right there's a challenge there's a challenge find me a movie where a man is forcibly turned into a walrus yep that's better than tusk and i have to be a walrus or does it have to involve some sort of tusk or horn uh no it's tusk for a walrus fine i guess what about elephant or a warthog i don't know i mean no i think that's going to open up doors (laughs) for like ivory (laughs) what did you just say like a boar Maybe. They got tusks. Maybe. I think elephant tusks are going to open up doors to like ivory trade movies and shit like that. And you're just going to yeah, end up yeah, like a weird... diamond. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? You're going to end up showing me like a documentary on the grand piano or some yeah, shit. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Some really, really dark sort of yeah. 1950s Weimar Republic German art house film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can call it art house. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I get, I do get what you're saying. That That mm. part, that whole part of the film is so ingenious because mm-hmm. like the the relationship between Banky and Alyssa is incredibly strained right yeah. both before this because of you know rumors Banky would heard or like the fact that Holden and Alyssa uh, are sort of getting closer and hanging out mm-hmm. more and Holden's bailing on Banky and their prior commitments to their job like mm-hmm. working together so the strain's huge the strain is huge it's weird little like it's almost like a love triangle um, I, th- I would say it's exactly that yeah it's just it's it's different kinds of love and it's different I, levels mm, of. We need to have a talk about this in a moment because I have a thought. Okay, <laughs> but <laughs> there's that going on. But it's mm. the fucking it's the way that they find they find common ground in mm. the fact that Banky is sexually immature, yeah. massively inappropriate, full of like childhood wonder, but is genuinely excited yeah. by Alyssa's stories because yeah, yeah, he yeah. has no. There's no, no judgment. There's no judgment because there's no personal investment. It's no. almost like Holden is more advanced than Banky in some ways, and Banky is far more advanced mm. than Holden in some ways. Yeah. And totally. together, they kind of like yin and yang. They kind of balance each other out, which I think is exactly why their professional relationship has worked exactly. to the degree that it has. And you know, especially writing fucking... what they're writing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that's what makes it great. But fucking, it's it's that whole scene is just. It is just one of the most. Mm. Oh, I know it's incredible. Oh, man, it's incredible. I can't get around to it. I can't. I what can't was your even thought? really put it into fucking words? What? Yeah, it's more. It's not really a thought. It's more of a question. Like, what do you? What did you make of uh, towards the end of the movie to Ben Affleck's to Holden's like big? Oh, big plan it's to just save incredibly painful. Incredibly so, painful and incredibly belittling to everybody involved, and and just just such a symptom of his. But what his... did it say about Banky's sexuality? Was Banky? Because no, Banky I think Banky. The... I think I think Banky. I think Banky has unresolved uh, romantic 
and possibly sexual feelings uh, towards Holden, right? Yeah, towards Holden. But, okay, but I don't necessarily think they are. I don't think necessarily think he's bi, pan, whatever. No, no, I don't. I, I see. I, this I is the interesting thing, though, because mm. I don't think it's any of those. I no, just I think it's genuinely a, it's a, think it's a, it's, a, it's a love, and it's a it's a it's a, whether it's a sort of friendship love or a professional love or whatever. He feels that his relationship and his deep-seated love with his friend is going to be threatened mm-hmm. by a relationship that means as much to Holden as the one with Alyssa does. I think it's because he's so fucking, like, sexually immature mm. and sort of emotionally not underdeveloped. That's a rude way to put it. But... An accurate way, line, but yeah. rude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so emotionally underdeveloped and kind yeah. of sexually, like, inexperienced. I think that there is, there's a blurred boundary. Mm-hmm between the love that Banky has for Holden and what yeah. he's willing to do for that love. Yes, and 100%. And maintain that relationship. And I think it's incredible writing that it's left undefined the way I that do, it is. I don't, because it kind of gets me. Because this yeah. that moment in the movie where it was completely undefined yeah. was, it's me. Yeah. Bear in mind, I'm a fucking teenager. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a teenager sitting in yeah. Your crushes, my first yeah. guy crush's room watching this movie. And that moment yeah. comes up and the atmosphere changes. Yeah. And it was like a mutual thing. And it was like yeah. a, oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> and then yeah. it was like, a, let's see where this goes. And it goes nowhere. And you're like, fuck you, Kevin. <laughs> fuck you. Right in the mouth. Because now this is a discussion. <laughs> in my weird little teenage body. In my fucking yeah, stupid yeah, yeah. brain that's all like But again, it's literally, that, it's, it's literally that, uh, <laughs> that, that thing that Alyssa says to, says to Holden. How dare you? How dare you throw this in my face and 100%. make me question all this? Yeah, how dare you force me to question my entire fucking being? <laughs> yeah. Dude, this film, like, it just hits on so many fucking levels. Just it's talking an incredibly about it well-written film. I just want to go watch it again. And I, th- I think, I think in, a, in a weird moment that I, I noticed while I was editing the last episode and I was watching this, the, the Silent Bob... Um, the Silent Bob monologue in this is incredible it's from where the film gets its name uh and it's it's something that i think anybody who's ever been in a relationship ever can relate to when he when he delivers his speech but i think the one that relates most to this film is believe it or not found in more rats and the reason i I believe it's found in more rats is because more rats for me is kevin smith trying to make a film that everybody else will relate to trying to make a film for everyone else. It's a high school romance film, broad comedy, trying to play to the crowd. And this is the opposite. Clerks was the opposite. This was the opposite. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jason Mewes, Jay, says to to Silent Bob at the end of Morat, like, oh my God, I can't believe you finally spoke. And Silent Bob said, I finally had something to say. Which is the exact same thing that Holden is looking for when he's looking to write his next oh, book. Oh, you're so fucking right. What's it? Because they're walking in the park and they're talking. Yeah. She's like, what's your next project? What, what do you think? Cause they get off of the TV mm-hmm. show, right? The cartoon. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not sure I want to do it. I think I need to do something else. What are you mm-hmm. looking for? I don't know. I don't really have anything to say. Yep. And this is Kevin Smith having found something personal to say. Because that's Kevin Smith uses beautiful. that exact line as Silent Bob in Rats. And I think that's... Where I struggle with Morats is it's not Kevin Smith saying something from him. Mm-hmm. It's telling me, it's Kevin Smith trying to tell me what he thinks we all want to hear from him. And his, he's at his best when he says 
something that he has no idea if anyone else will relate to. No, I get I get where you're coming from now with the mall rats thing. Mm. I'm not gonna lie, I was struggling with the mall rats episode, but I get it. I get it. I it's... think I'm gonna dis I'm gonna politely disagree with you on it because I think it's Kevin <laughs> Smith going. Comedy nowadays is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Here's what it could be. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen a movie where a guy puts his hand in his asshole fair. and then feeds a, fair, a fully fair, grown fair, adult fair. male? Yeah, it's him killing pretzel. the sacred cows. Of, yeah, of course. 100%. But like, it's like, fuck you, comedies. Have this. Yeah. You know Let's I mean? really go over the edge. But yeah, I, his... but I feel like, I feel like this one is, it's, it. Yeah, it's Kevin Smith finally had something personal to say, and for that mm-hmm. reason, this is why it for me it's a ten. Hundred percent a ten. It's a ten out of ten all day long, all day long. And if you've got to the end of this podcast and you haven't seen the film, you're a fucking chump. You are an idiot, sir, ma'am. They. Prick. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my pronoun from now on. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. him, sometimes prick. Yeah, great. That's it. That's how it goes. What are we doing next week, Ben? Uh, next week, we shall be continuing with the Kevin Smith viewers universe. Incredible. We're going to be covering the religi- religiously charged fucking starstruck cast of Dogma. Super excited to talk about that one. I know yep. you are too. More of a comedy, so we might not get so intensely personally self-reflective and uh, brazenly honest with you. I'd like that. I'd yeah, like it'd be good. I'm, I little, like I'm, a, I'm feeling pretty vulnerable right now, to be fair. Like. <laughs> yeah, the, a couple of there. Kevin Smith films, you just sort of open up a bit, and then yeah. you're like, "Oh, I said the thing." Uh, yeah. So it's fine. We'll we'll get we'll, we'll do we'll we'll round off the Kevin Smith films, and then we'll get back to doing some uh, some B movies. How's that? Yeah, that sounds awesome, man. That sounds good. Maybe the even the B movie with Jerry Seinfeld. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> we will do that if the if we ever release a, an episode on the B movie. No, it is the last episode that we will ever be doing. Like, ever. okay, I'm down with off. that. I'm down with All that. Right? We'll sign off with the B movie. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm putting this in. For, I'm putting it in our Discord right now. <laughs> I need to move my hydro flask out of the way because yes, Clink, I see you in our Discord <laughs> giving me shit about my hydro flask. Okay, my, I'm proud of my hydro flask. <sighs> Okay. Yeah. Well, that's join that's our Discord. That's what I'm. That's what the outro should be. Join our Discord. Yeah. It's fun. People in there. It's fine. Apparently, I'm getting treated to scrunchies soon. <laughs> if you want in on that joke, it's in the Discord. Yeah. I and uh, until then, love you loads. See you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.